You look like. Oh, I got a text! I have. It's a question or a plug, Smitty. Here we go. It's the Talking Smith Podcast. You. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Big Rab, how are you going? Hello. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> and I'm very aware a lot of your audience probably has no notion who I am. I'm probably not, to be <laughs> honest. I'm, I'm surprised they know me as well. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, no, to be fair, man, I've been listening to your pod for a while now. It's been, it's been awesome, actually. I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. Thank you very much. I've, I've, I've put a lot of effort into it over lockdown, so I've I started podcasting through lockdown, you know, so... Yeah, I see, it's yeah, just, it's just been mental. Uh, it's paying dividends, man. Honestly, I think there's been some cracking episodes for sure. I think the last one I listened to there is about the shark attack and stuff. That was fascinating. It was class, wasn't you know? it? Unbelievable. Really, really good. Yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, big shout out to Shannon Ainsley, the South African uh, surfer himself, the king. He, unbelievable episode. I thoroughly enjoyed that, but I'm actually quite surprised mm. that you listened to it, considering how different our podcasts are. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the beauty of it, but do you know what I mean? You know, I, I spend forever talking on my particular topic, and I've definitely put myself in a bracket. Do you know what I mean with the target audience and stuff? But with free forum podcasts like yourself, you could talk about everything. Oh you yeah, know? big it's time, brilliant, big time. Like I, I can, I can literally talk about anything. Like you, your, your, your um, podcast is very. It's, it's all bagpipes, all bagpipe related. Pretty much, and, yeah. And see, see, since we started following each other on Instagram, I think you followed me first. I started listening to your show as well, and mm-hmm. I, I've, I have no interest in bagpiping, but I'm loving it. I've, I'm getting <laughs> into it. Like, I'm, I, it's weird. It's because whatever I put my mind to and whatever I start listening to, I like really indulge in it. I get lost. Yeah, I- and we find that, you know, that we introduce people to the music, if mm. anything. And I know that the whole thing with bagpipes here specifically in Northern Ireland has that whole political connotation. You know, they think as soon as they hear bagpipes, they go, oh, that's those agents that march down, march down the road every year. But no, it's not them at all. That's not exactly who we're talking about. I'm talking about the whole, you know, the connection between Northern Ireland and Scotland and the musical world of that. You know, and it's competitive as well. Oh, you yeah, know? big time. And uh, yeah, I, I'm not ashamed to say it, but Northern Ireland produces some of the best pipers and drummers in the world. Oh, so we've got one up over Scotland for sure. 100%. There's actually, a mate of mine is a big bagpiper. Like, I'm Dungan man, so I've always listened to Surly Road bagpipe. Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah, I, I love them. And one of my favorite pipers, I don't even know if he plays for Surly Road anymore. It's actually Scott McKay, you call him. I actually know Scott. Do you? Yeah, there yeah, you go. I, Small world. Small world. <laughs> Fantastic. He's unbelievable. And even, yeah. even the twelfth and stuff or any other marching marching events, I'm all about mm. the bagpipes. I don't care about the rest. No, that's it. And uh, bagpiping has always been a thing for me because my family has always been culturally Scottish. You know, I know that my family came over from Scotland and mm. settled here, whatever. And uh yeah, but we've always had an identity that, you know, our families have had generations and generations of pipers and drummers and such. So that's kind of where that influence came on me, that I've been kind of surrounded with the music since I was born, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. So oh, I've, I've, went, I've went to a few, like, bagpiping competitions just purely for the for the drinking session afterwards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're quite good, yeah. They are great. They are great, but I don't, I don't think there's, any been, there's been any world championships since COVID, has there? There hasn't been, no, it's been cancelled this past couple of years, mm-hmm. um, but we are hoping to get back out again next year. And uh, they're talking about getting competitions going again. And uh, because there's they're huge gatherings, like you're talking, you're gathering tens of thousands of people together in one place. It's going to have its challenges for sure, but we really hope that it, it can happen, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and, and tell you what, it gives me loads to talk about in the pod, you know, <laughs> big time. I, I was going to say, like, yeah. how, how do you manage to record your podcast with no real sort of bagpiping? I would say news going on. I would say, yeah, it's been challenging, man. If I'm honest, I've, I've even said that to the audience too. Like, there is weeks where you're just hoping someone releases a book or something, and <laughs> they, oh, thank God, there's a new music collection or something. You can yeah. talk about a new album, whatever. But yeah, my bread and butter for this last while, I would have went to events and then reported back and told people what happened. Here's mm. who won and all the rest and who played well, who played well, who played crap, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But now because events aren't happening mm. and I've really had to change up the format, this Zoom thing 
has become the new normal, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But uh, I've kind of, instead of talking to the people that I normally would hear at competitions here in the UK, I've branched out and I'm talking to more folk internationally now, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, because the piping scene is not just what we do here in the UK and Scotland and that, and, but it, completely internationally. Like just recently, I found that there's bands in Singapore and Hong Kong and all these different places you would never That's- expect everyone to lift a set of pipes it's it's not that's mental another friend of mine gary tate he plays he's been over in russia and all over the place too recording yeah that's wild that's it you know from learning a wee instrument here at home and you really can travel the world with it and mm-hmm. a lot of people are finding that now you know even myself god a couple of years ago i managed to travel to the states and stuff and have a competition over there and the opportunities are endless, mm. you know. It just depends on how footless and fancy free you are. You know, with me and a wife and wins, it's not so easy. But travel all over the globe with it. Like oh, it's, I, it's crazy. I'm sure time mm-hmm. away from the wife and kids is it doesn't go amiss. <laughs> doesn't hurt. No, doesn't com- hurt. no comment. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's it. To be fair, whenever I did go over to the States back in twenty nineteen for all this COVID nonsense. I was there for about a week and I came back and I must have gained at least a stone in weight. I just ate like an absolute idiot the whole time I was there. Every now and again, I would have lifted a drum and maybe played something, set it back down, start eating again. So, <laughs> <laughs> just using the drum was a plate. Great, just great time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but, but like, uh, no, do, I'm, I'm really finding that it's international, you know? Yeah. And then, so obviously, I've been listening to your podcast a lot more recently. You've, you've re- I've listened to your most recent episode today in work. You're talking about the hate Uh-oh. mail that you've got. <laughs> yeah, we do, we do get hate mail, That's believe it or not. so surprising because um, I, I get a lot of abuse for some of the things that I come out with because it is, like, I call my podcast a no-holes-barred podcast. You fucking right. go nuts. And, <laughs> and people, people hate it because they're like, it's either one, two, dirty, or two, it's just it's just not hitting the demographic right, or I'm just going Aye. off the rails. It's just baffles yeah. me how a podcast like yours can get a lot of hate. It can do, but I, th- I think because I'm dealing with musicians and mm. they're incredibly sensitive people, and uh, <laughs> if you say something wrong or incorrect, then they're very quick to correct you. Mm. You're like, no, that's the wrong tune title. You got that wrong, and I'm like, okay, right, fair enough. <laughs> One tune title out of like a hundred and uh, I don't know, don't get me started. But yeah, we did do an episode a while ago, uh, back in our early 100s, I suppose, where we we read out hater mail on the show. Took names out of it and stuff so we didn't piss anyone off. But Mm. yeah, we read out the hater mail and that's been one of our most popular episodes ever. Bring it back. uh, Bring it back. (laughs) I I will bring it back. Yeah, I have threatened it. You know, people keep, you know, the keyboard warriors think, ah, Rob, you're a dick. And they're sending in all this stuff. And you're thinking, someday, someday I'll read that out and you might regret it. So, Well, if you ever yeah. need a comedian to come on and read out that hate mail and just go in on that person, oh. I'm all for it. <laughs> hey, I might take you up on that, man. That Please. sounds good. Yeah. I will go through them. <laughs> See, see when you've got like no sort of respect for yourself or others, you just you just rip them rip them apart, like you know. <laughs> uh, proper order. Yeah. And to be fair, I was probably a very cautious whenever I did the hater mail episode. I was very kind of mm-hmm. you know very level headed about it and say, well, maybe they have a point here, but yeah. uh, no. The listeners started emailing back and saying, "Nah, Rob, that guy was full of it. You know, why mm-hmm. tell him to wise up?" <laughs> so yeah, that was a good experience. So it was good yeah. fun. Well, how, how about? If I come down and do the hater mail with you, you read out the, the sort of the mildish ones and I'll read out the real brutal mm. ones and I'll just go through them so you don't have any responsibility for that at all. Sounds great. <laughs> I'll take Possible all the deniability there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds fantastic. Yeah, yeah. why not? I, I'm good. all game for it. Like, <laughs> I, uh, You're I, like... I don't know. Sorry. Sorry, go, go ahead. No, you, you, you're, you're in the sense on there. Sorry. I was going to say our podcast is kind of very middle of the road. We're pretty much a news podcast. We try Mm -hmm. to update people in the scene, what's going on, what's happening, Mm -hmm. what's around the corner. And we're surprised whenever we get hater mail. They're like, come on, we're doing the best we can here to try and help the scene, I suppose, the music scene. But uh, yeah, we do get it. Some people giving off for no apparent reason. That's mental, like, but like, see, see, because I work twelve-hour shifts, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts and stuff, and starting to listen to yours, I've started listening to a lot of bagpipe music, in work. Oh, excellent! Yeah, I've, I've a big love for Gordon Duncan. Oh, what? 
thank you. Now you're speaking my language. Big. Oh, the man is a legend. Yeah, big love. Yeah. Unbelievable. I, I listened to, I, I heard he done a rendition of Thunderstruck. Mm-hmm. And it blew yeah. my mind. It was unbelievable. Yeah, it was actually him who wrote that. He really? was a big ACDC fan. And uh, oh. he, well, famously, the story behind that tune, Thunderstruck, is he wrote it to piss people off. I think someone had a comment to him saying, oh, you're a rock and metal fan, but yet you're this great bagpiper. Why do you listen to ACDC? You should be listening to Trad and stuff. You know, mm. you should be listening to the Dubliners and all these yeah. guys. And then he was like, nah, do you know what? I can get the rock and metal world and the bagpipe world and sling them together. And that was the number one track on his album called The Belly Dancer. Yes. Where it was, it was. full of tracks, just full of, you know, whoa, way out there music. At the time when he launched that back in the early 90s, everyone was like, what the hell is this? And he deliberately wrote it like that to piss people off. And uh, it's still a blistering track today. Like It's, it's fantastic. unbelievable because like, for the first time I listened to it through the radio and then when I stuck the earphones in, I didn't realize there was an acoustic mm. guitar in the background too, which just made it oh, yeah. so much more better. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Yeah, he was definitely ahead of his time, you know, mm. and still is today. There's a lot of his music still kind of goes unappreciated, I suppose. Um, but like now, if you were going to a session in like a local bar here, you know, in Northern Ireland, and if you sit down, there know all the usual traditions and stuff. Mm-hmm. And us as pipers, we were kind of finding it difficult to kind of play a lot of Irish tunes because of the notes and the scale and stuff. But as soon as we say, well, hey, do you know Gordon Duncan tune? Oh, that's it. The floodgates open then. Oh, of course we do. Everyone starts playing Gordon tunes and it's, you know, yeah, that's where it all starts. Well, yeah, that's the thing too. Though with ACDC, Bond Scott, he plays the bagpipes in it's a long way to the top. So that's right. Yeah, yeah. and and you know, I think Gordon himself was sick of arguing that fact. You know, mm-hmm. he was saying, "Look, they love pipes the same way we do. So why can't you know the two worlds kind of do that and mm-hmm. meld together?" I suppose, in a way, Nathan, that's why the Chili Pipers have been so successful because I've, I've they've kind of times unbelievable. They've bridged that gap, you know, for a lot of people. And, you know, to be fair, a lot of people think that's what piping is. Now, you go up on stage and you play your ACDC. But I have to say, I'm mates with most of the guys out of the Chili's. And uh, they're all incredible musicians, Mm -hmm. you know, who could compete at the top level of piping as well as go on stage and play the can-can, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So they're fantastic, you know? I I love the way they have that versatility, yeah. That's class. Like, you're you're right, because a lot lot more covers are being made of songs through the bagpipes as well. For example, you got Australia's Got Talent, the the bad piper, they called him. Oh, that guy. He was a a dick. the flames and the drones and everything. He was a real arrogant asshole, but it was just nice to see the fact that that gap was being bridged too. That's it as well, yeah. And the bad piper and his mohawk and all of that—it's all a big gimmick. Uh, you see, you see a lot of guys with the gimmick now. I'm sure you've seen the dude on the, the unicycle with yeah, the Darth Vader mask and stuff. No, he's quite famous as well. I think he's from Philadelphia. Uh, he's on a unicycle. He's wearing a Darth Vader mask, and he has the bagpipes with the flames and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, God love him, he can't play a note like. But you know, he's there doing it. So uh, he's, he's trying to bridge that gap, but just not doing it too well. Yeah. That's it. Sometimes it does become a bit of a sideshow and people do kind of get a bit, you know, I don't like that because you're kind of taking the piss out of what I'm trying to do over here, being a serious musician, yeah. trying to win world championships and be the best piper on the planet. And you're over there wearing flip flops and, a, you know, the flames <laughs> and the whole thing. So do you know what I mean? <laughs> Some people are dead against it. Yeah, big time. For me, I, for me, I think it's all good, though, mm. you know, because it's all one big music scene. Yeah. And the next I want to hear is a set of pipes and gangster rap. <laughs> I love that. Do you know what I mean? I would love to hear pipes where they shouldn't be. Yeah, that'd be that great. Actually, yeah, yeah. Like, I was, I'm trying to think of other things like like proper electro rave music played on the. On oh, the hey, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> some scooter or something. Yeah, yeah. Or even I think I don't, I have heard this actually. Pipes played in jazz music. You know, like lounge music that really? you get old crooner stuff. And then some guy comes in with a pipe spy and random. I just, I just kills just kills the ambience that's been created by the jazz. Oh, completely. <laughs> the audience all chilled out, relaxing, enjoying the music, and then mm, here he comes. Party started. <laughs> but uh I, deadly. It, it sort of reminds me, do you know, do you ever do you ever watch Anchorman? 
Yes. Yeah. Do, do the bit where he's playing on the jazz flute in the in, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just going three high. Yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of that there being just so disruptive and that sort of ambience. I couldn't picture it. Perfect. You need yeah. someone there with a set of Highland pipes, just yeah, <laughs> blaring it in everybody's face. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, the other bagpipes I appreciate are all the bagpipes played in the, the movie The Last of the Mohicans. Oh, yes. Is oh, it, what is, a tune. Is it the Gale? The, uh, the Gale? The Gale? Played? The Gale, I, yeah. yeah. I, and then that theme tune from The Last of the Mohicans is it in two. And, and, mm. Yeah, breathtaking stuff. See if you get a full orchestra behind it. I think one of the most famous ones is Braveheart, that whole soundtrack. Oh, you know, that's goosebump stuff, oh, you know. But but whenever people listen to it, they think, oh, Rob, Highland Pipes sound great. No, he wasn't playing Highland Pipes there. Believe it or not, that was Irish Pipes being played really? on that. <laughs> See, that's, that's the thing. I, I could never, obviously because I don't have that ear, I couldn't distinguish between the both. But the fact that you have that good enough ear, I need to say that's not Highland See, Pipes. That's it. It's Irish Ellen pipes, but they're all pipes. If you know what I mean, yeah. The, the all the worlds intermingle with each other. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's one of my favorite soundtracks. That you know, the whole I've, orchestration and stuff. Yeah, oh, I, I've just I've just got the image in my head and the, the, the sound of Braveheart running across the the Highlands, and there's a great oh, bagpipes being played in the background. Oh, have yourself. I might watch that. There tonight. you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, even if you don't like the movie, you're bound to like the soundtrack. You know, yeah. it is very very good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you always had this natural love for bagpipes or how did you get into it? Unfortunately, yeah, I have had always a love of it. Um, like I said, I was born into it. Mm-hmm. My family has generations upon generations of pipers. Mm-hmm. You know, as soon as I was born, I was always, is he going to be a piper or a drummer? You, you check the baby for the, the hands, you know, <laughs> it's, it's a weird thing my family does. You know, yeah. as soon as the Wayne's born, you get the Wayne's hand and you're checking its hand, right? Mm. Okay, they're piper fingers or they're drummer fingers, you know. Or if, and if the it, kid's not even like five minutes old. <laughs> or if, if they have an extra <laughs> finger, you know, that's, that's definitely piping on. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, that's, I was always destined to be a drummer, even mm. though my dad constantly wanted me to be a piper and was always giving me practice chanters for birthdays. So, hey, there you go. There's a wee chanter for you. Yeah. But uh, I have one here, actually. Oh, there we go. And I found that a practice chanter can split into mm-hmm. two bits and you can hit things with it. So <laughs> it, it turned from being, yeah, a, from a, a piper into a drummer. Yeah. So that was it. I was a drummer then for the guts of 30 plus years now. Yeah. It's class. So. I, I do have a chanter laying about the house here somewhere because I did try years upon years ago, but I just couldn't. I didn't have the time and I just didn't have the, yeah. the patience for it. Honestly, and I'm not overselling this, it is kind of recorded somewhere that the bagpipes are the most hardest instrument in the world to mm-hmm. play. There's it and some other thing that comes from Switzerland or something. Yeah. But I think it's documented somewhere that the bagpipes is one of the hardest in the world yeah. to play or well, to learn to play. Well, 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 me being a fat asthmatic, it wouldn't really work. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, uh, my wife actually had uh, childhood asthma through her teen- teenage years and stuff, mm. and she took up bagpiping just to see if she could do it mm. because she was curtain me at the time and she said i'm going to learn how to pipe and the the piping actually helped her with her asthma she, she doesn't have asthma now at all mm. um through strengthening of the the blowing and everything so yeah really good into it so miracle cure <laughs> <laughs> i yeah. think i think the wife had no other real choice did she no no, no not at all <laughs> no I think it was always that was that weird, awkward conversation. I've been asked about this on my podcast before. How did you break the news to your missus that you're into piping? Because it's always something a bit strange. You know, yes. uh, what band do you listen to back then? Oh, I listened to E17 or Tick That or something. <laughs> Some old bollocks. But, uh, <laughs> you know, back then I was having to say, oh, I listened to Field Marshal Montgomery or Shots and Dykehead or, you know, like, yeah. who the hell are they? What? <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I had to break the news to her. Yeah, I play mm-hmm. in a pipe band and I go to practice like three nights a week. And then we have a competition every Saturday where I could be anywhere in the mm-hmm. UK, not just here in Northern Ireland. I could be anywhere. <laughs> so, um, yeah, having to explain to her, you know, Saturday nights aren't really good for me for dating because I'll be at a competition. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, it was that very awkward conversation. Sure, come along to a contest. And you've been yourself, Nathan, you know the yeah. crack. You go to a competition, you compete all day. It's quite serious. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of hard work with tuning and playing it correctly. And then afterwards, you get blotted. You go yes. you go to the pub, you have the best crack. 
<laughs> so that's it. And uh, yeah, introducing my wife to that scene at the time as my girlfriend was quite shocked to her. Just like, what the hell's going on? Who is this guy I'm dating? What, you know, what is this? <laughs> but uh, no, she kind of embraced it. You know, she ended up actually being a part of the band. Uh, I took over leadership role in the band and I needed a drummer. I said, hi, you're now the drummer I need. So then you go. There's a pair of sticks. Mm-hmm. Have at it. And uh, she lasted about a year. And then I had to kind of say, ah, that's enough of that. How'd you go? I'll get somebody else. <laughs> so, so that was quite a difficult conversation yeah. to have as well. It's like, love, you're just so out of tune. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you're out of time and everything. Oh, it was terrible. Uh, so, no, nah, but she, she, did her, she did her best. I and mean, we did win a couple of prizes. But then as soon as she left the band, then we won every competition <laughs> after that. So she kind of said to me, well, fair enough. I think you made the right choice there. Yeah, so, you're not yeah. saying she's a jinx, but... But, yeah. <laughs> <Hi>. Cheerio. <laughs> well, like, oh, what, what are the, the behind-the-scenes after the World Championships where everyone just goes nuts? Like, what, what is the crack of that? Mm. It's, it's something that... Ev- like, it's hard to describe. People who are involved in the piping scene, the World Championships is our Christmas. It's the biggest annual celebration of piping and drumming ever. And uh, it happens once a year in August. And we all travel over to Glasgow. And we got a week-long piping festival now, thankfully, uh, where you arrive on the Monday, say, and you party all week long until the Friday where you have to stay sober because the competition happens on the Saturday. So <laughs> Saturday is competition day. It's all very serious. You're trying to win a world championship after months and months and months and months of hard work um so you're putting a competition set together you're selecting your tunes you're trying to make sure you know everything works and nothing's broken and all of that so anyway the aftermath if you ever manage to win the thing it's like winning the lotto five times in a row all at one moment if, if you want to google it you can anyone listening right now might not get the gravity of it but this is kind of it's like winning the lotto five times in one night. You know, so if your name is read out, these people lose their minds. They go absolutely insane because it means so much, you know, because you have spent every waking minute of every hour of every day practicing and preparing for that moment. And I've also been on the receiving end of not winning a dang thing mm-hmm. um, at the Worlds. And if anything, I have never actually won it. So there you go. Um, no matter all the grades and stuff I've played, I've came close twice. I think I've came second yep. a couple of times and I was beaten by like one point and it was gutting. But uh, yeah, the the terrible downside of, a, of it is is that people can get really kind of depressed and distraught mm-hmm. by not winning. Yep. But this is the total opposite of that if you do win, you know. Like, it's, is there favoritism in those sort of things like a lot of other sort of... Ah, uh, see, that gives that's all my stuff I talk on the show because mm. we do debate this. Yeah. There is a thing uh, that we call momentum and form. If a band is playing well at the start of the season and they continue to win mm. all the way up until the Worlds, then we will say that they have momentum and they're hoping to lift it. But what we've seen is we always do a world championship prediction podcast and we go through the season and we try and note it all down and say where everyone's form is, how they're playing and all the rest. And then come the world championship, it all goes out the window and all of our predictions are all wrong. And we get all the hater mail saying, Oh Rob, you're a dick. You got that wrong. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I've heard people go to the bookies based on our predictions and they say, right, Rob says that this band's going to win. So I'm putting 50 quid on them to win course they don't win and then we get all sorts of oh i thought you said you were going to win thought you were a bleeding expert no (laughs) (laughs) because any band can go there and they get lashed on in the rain Mm -hmm. which has happened Mm -hmm. because it's open air and uh, you could be standing in the circle in the competition playing your heart and soul out and then whoosh down comes the glasgow air and uh just ruins everything you have no chance Mm -hmm. yeah and, you know, there's bands from all over the globe travel to this and they spend hundreds of thousands of pounds to get there just to get pissed on in the rain and go home without anything. No prizes, nothing. It's crazy. That, that would be heartbreaking. <laughs> but have, have you ever like seen a, or heard of a band that's, you know, done shit all season? I'll say shit, but like not done overly great. Yeah. And then come words, mm-hmm. not, but just blew it out of the water. 
Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. There was a bit of a fairy tale of a band who came from Malaysia and they had their traditional dress on. They didn't wear kilts or anything mm-hmm. like most other pipe bands do. They wore like a white tunic, white trousers and a white turban. They stood out like a mile. Everyone seen them going, whoa, who are those guys? And everyone was thinking a band from Malaysia haven't competed at all in the UK. We've never heard them before. So how could they possibly win? So, you know, we all kind of, well, okay, they're, you know, they don't really stand a chance. Well, how wrong were we? They walked in there, played their socks off and stuffed everyone in the grade and lifted it really convincingly with one's first places right across the board. It was fantastic, you know, and they had a documentary film crew following them as well. And I think that documentary was released on Scottish television and stuff. And it was just so heartwarming, the whole story, because the band started as a bit of an accident. Mm-hmm. I think the band leader seen a YouTube video and said, I want to try that. So learned how to play pipes. And then his mate said, what's that noise you're making? I want to copy. Can I have a go too? And before you know it, a band started. And then, you know, people from Scotland were going down to actually teach them because they found out they were learning through YouTube videos. And they're like, nah, guys, here, we're going to show you how to actually do it instead of YouTube copying. Uh, So they kind of coached them for a few months and stuff, and they were playing tunes and whatnot. And after three or four years of practicing, made it to the world and won it. It's absolutely fantastic. That's unbelievable. That's that's genuinely shocked me. I would never have thought that a band from Malaysia would have won the world. I know. It's such a good story. If Mm -hmm. if you do want to Google it, it, they're called Sari Dazmesh which is not easy to say, but they're from Malaysia and uh, yeah, world champions. And if you do happen to listen to them and if you listen to them with your eyes closed, you would think that band's either from Northern Ireland, Ireland, Scotland, Mm, because they just sound like they're from here, but they're miles away in (laughs) Malaysia. And if you can imagine the reception they got when they came home, you know, they were carrying that trophy back on the plane Oh my word! I think even the, the president of the of the the country and stuff. I don't I don't know if it's a president or a king or whatever what, it is. I. But oh, uh, whatever. Yeah, then he landed in the airport. It was rammed full of people. They had brass bands playing, and they're all stepping out the plane, waving like rock stars. And mm. it was nuts. They had all sorts of civic receptions and stuff, and playing the big stadiums full of people. Yeah, we're world champions. We're insane. <laughs> but that's, that's that's mental that the Malaysians would have that sort of reception behind it. Where, for example, if you wanted mm. and came back home and you told somebody, they'd be like, "All right, well done." Ugh, I one of my biggest achievements is I won the champion of champions in drumming, uh, like three years in a row. And then the third year I won it, I was like, "This is incredible! I've won this three times mm-hmm. on the trot here. This is a big deal." And I landed home thinking, oh, yeah, you know, get a big slap pat on the back, big party, you know, the drinks will be flowing, and, oh, come on, come home, Rob, the champion, and all the rest. And uh, no, the the wife was uh, just kind of sitting in the kitchen, what do you want for your tea? <laughs> you know, I said, did you hear that I, I won the champion and champions again? Aye, uh, well, there's steak there. You know. <laughs> right. Okay. It's, it's, uh, it's, okay, well, well, that's all that work for nothing. It's one of there those. It's one of those few times you wish you're Malaysian just for the reception. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. That's it. And you know the funny thing is, and people still don't get this. We have one of the most successful bands in the world ever here mm-hmm. from Northern Ireland, and that's the Field Marshal. Mm-hmm. And these guys are absolute consummate professionals, but they all have day jobs. You know, so like we say, you know, they can go win the world championships and be the sung heroes of the piping scene. And on the sunny Sunday, even after the competition, they party and everyone's getting photographs, took with them, autographs, the whole nine yards. And then on Monday, they're back at their desk again. You know, it's it's crazy, That's, crazy that, thing. That is mental. Like, but obviously, there, there, there's no real money in it, though. That's the only thing in there. Yeah, there's a, there's, there is a fortunate few who do make their living from it. Yeah. You know, uh, the, the likes of our show sponsor, G1 Reads. Yes. That's a guy who just decided to make his own reads and suddenly he's now got a business selling them. Fair play. So there are those people who are fortunate enough to mm. make it into a living, yeah. uh, but very few, very few. A yeah. lot of them would be doctors, nurses, truck drivers, solicitors, whatever. You know, they all have day jobs, mm-hmm. you know. Would, would you ever go over to the Edinburgh military tattoo? Yes, I've been a few times. Yeah, I haven't actually played in it, but I've been over to watch it. Yeah, and uh, 
it's quite a spectacle. So it is, especially the moment when the band walks out down the main street at the very end. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's fantastic. I've, I've watched, I've yeah. watched it every year. So I've, and one of the best bands I've seen is Top Secret from Basel. Oh, uh, what? They're ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. They're so good. It's so good. But, <laughs> but as, as I was saying, all them boys there, that's, that's their full-time job. That's, that's their day job. Yeah. And that's, well, that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that something but about the, them playing with their drumsticks and fire just gets me like? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I have to say the queue of people to be a part of Top Secret it's is a mile wild. long. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. there's so many people who want to be a part of that. And uh, yeah, for good reason, you know, because they play in front of millions, you know, doing stick tricks and throwing things. And they're fantastic to watch, like really are. Do you reckon bagpiping could adopt that? <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> Not so sure. Um, uh, don't get me wrong. There are some bagpipers out there who make a real good living from it. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, a proper good living from it. You know, I lo- I'm, well, I'm not blowing my own trumpet again, but I do, I do know a lot of the guys who do the piping on Hollywood movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, they do make quite a pretty penny from it. Not going to lie. Um, for two or three days worth of recording, mm-hmm. that could be enough to see them through for the next four or five months, you know? So play. There, can be, there can be quite lucrative kind of piping yeah. deals out there if you do want to make it your living. But it's tough, though. It's a gig economy. Mm-hmm. And as you can imagine, same as the world of comedy, whenever COVID kicked in, there was nothing happening. Yeah, metal. You know, and everyone's livelihood just went down the toilet mm-hmm. as a result, you know? Mm-hmm. So kind of that's where I tried to step in and kind of help where I could to kind of say to people, well, maybe go and buy a T-shirt now or maybe buy an album, you know, instead of going to their gig, maybe buy a CD from them and help keep them ticking over until they can get back out. But uh, yeah, it's been difficult for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Has it been a lot of bagpipers have stepped away now from bagpiping or drumming because of COVID? I think so, man. I think mm. so. Yeah, that's the biggest concern, I suppose, you know, because people have filled their times with other, other things now. Mm-hmm. I know of mates of mine, actually, who are incredibly talented musicians and have just not bothered lifting the instrument at all now because there's no competitions, yeah. no prizes to win, and they're competitive people. So they've took up MMA, for example. You know, I actually met a guy a couple of weeks ago. He's big cauliflower ear on him and a black eye. And I said, what the hell happened to you? And I said, oh, I was training last week. I said, Frig, you don't get that at band practice. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You know, they're yeah. not boxing the head off you because you played a wrong note. <laughs> well, if it's but, about uh, championships, though, you know. <laughs> see, there you go. Has, yeah, I've witnessed some fights, too. Have, have you actually? Um, Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Oh, why? Yeah. Oh, that one crazy time, there's a piper actually pulled a knife on a guy. All <laughs> sorts of madness. like um, Because sometimes pipers carry wee pocket knives with them to, to cut things like tape mm-hmm. and things whenever yeah. they're trying to find you and stuff. Yeah, this piper kind of lost it. He was, he was, he was drunk. Okay, he was drunk. <laughs> and he, he was dropped. We call them being dropped. The you know the guy in charge of the band saying, "Look, you're way too drunk to play. You're making too many mistakes. You're making us sound bad. Mm-hmm. Just you stand to the side there, and he'll move on without you." And oh, lost his mind. <laughs> you're not effing dropping me. And then there he goes. Out comes the knife, and he's chasing after him. What the hell are you going to do with that pocket knife, you boy? You know? Yeah. <laughs> I could just see that being up. a genuine reaction. It's like, what are you going to do with that there? You know? <laughs> Hi, he just stood there. Why yet? He's up. And then, of course, all the boys in yellow jackets, all the security guys are all over. What's going on? What's a fight? And then he's in cuffs and then he's away. And Mental. Mental. I still can't believe that somebody left the band to take up MMA. That's, that's, that's baffled me. Like, Oh, yeah. I've, I would have never there's, thought there's that. There's a couple. Yeah. No, it's a bit of a random change. Yeah. Mm. No, so some guys went into weightlifting. Uh, well, I don't really want to call him a bodybuilder. He's more a powerlifter and stuff. Uh. And I another one in the MMA and, you know, some other people get big into video games, oh, you know, right, okay, and the piping yeah. scene, you know, involves a lot of practice, I suppose. And mm. video games would be the same thing. And mm. this guy has aspirations to be a professional gamer. Oh, fair play. You know? Fair play. So good luck to him. You know, <laughs> I, I could just about manage it and play in Call of Duty. Never mind being professional at it. So I, I haven't fair played, played him. I haven't played that in about four years. I thought it would kick back into the gaming scene when COVID hit, but I've been working the way through COVID, so I just haven't had the time. Like, 
But like you, yeah. how, you've been podcast for what four or five years now. About that, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. What 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 yeah. made you want to go into that? Oh, it all started as a big accident, man. Oh, if really? I'm honest, um, yeah, we well myself actually, I was doing a community radio show over in Fuse in Balamoney, Fuse mm-hmm. FM, yes, which is like a community radio station up there, and I did a weekly show, two hours a week, talking about pipes, and I thought nobody would ever listen. And it would last maybe a week or so, and the station manager would ask me to leave. But I, what actually happened was, is it started to gain momentum. Then, mm. and the station manager was like, "Keep doing it, it's class. class, love it." So what I found was, is that the more we were doing the show, the bigger the audience got. More people in the scene started talking about it, and then more people started missing it. They're like, "Oh crap, Rob wins on Tuesday night. Oh rubbish, I'm at band practice on a Tuesday night. Can you not just give me the news anyway and tell me what happened?" And this kept happening, kept happening. Then international folks were trying to tune in. Mm -hmm. They couldn't do it with the time difference. They kept missing it. And like, ah, right, we have to do something. So the podcast was a means then of getting all the news that I would have brought to the FM radio show that was live and then bringing it to something that they can download and listen whenever they wanted. Mm -hmm. And that that was the idea. And then it kind of mushroomed into what it is now, this unstoppable behemoth. Class. (laughs) That is class. See, the only reason why I started podcasting was because before lockdown, I was getting into the comedy scene, you know, by doing a few stand-up shows right. and whatnot. Again, COVID hit, mm-hmm. and I just, the real dampener didn't bother the whole. And then it, w- right. it wasn't until about six, seven months ago where I was like, I need to get, I need to do something here to get that creative flow back. And boom, podcast yeah. hit. And that was, that's how I've developed a quite a serious following now in such a short space <sighs> of time. Brilliant. Oh, it's so good to hear. If anything, with podcast, man, it's bound to give you an opportunity to practice material and stuff, too. Oh, yeah, big time. Yeah. <laughs> big time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's it. I'm quite aware there's quite a number of podcasts now from Northern Ireland, you know, and I, I don't know. It's hard to stand out, but yours is honestly it's, it's quite a good one. I've been listening. I'm not kind of kissing your hole here, but. <laughs> oh, stop it. You're, you're making me blush. <laughs> I've been really seriously. enjoying it, you know. <laughs> you're making me blush. <laughs> thank, no, thank you. Because. There is a lot of a lot of podcasts in Northern Ireland. Now, I think in Northern Ireland alone, it's went from like two hundred thousand podcasts to mm-hmm. five hundred thousand podcasts. Yeah, easily. Which, I which would say mental. so. But only like seventy five percent of those podcasts have more than fucking don't, don't have any more than three episodes. Aye, a lot of people start off and then realize yeah. this is actually a bit of a bollocks and not as fun as I think it would yeah. be, and then give up. Yeah. That's kind of the thing is consistency. Yeah. You know, uh, we've now over 250-odd episodes now without missing a week, That's crazy. which is nuts. Yeah, I've, I've, I've been trying to stick to that weekly thing. There's been a few times where I've been like un- unable it's, to record or stuff. but oh, It's so difficult, man, honestly. Yeah. You know, and we, well, I say I keep saying we because it's not just me now who works on the show. There's me and like three or four other folks who help out with content and stuff because mm. uh, we have a whole social media monster to, to handle as well as a website and yeah. the pod and the, ah, it's a whole thing because we still do the live show over there on fuse mm-hmm. so that's two hours of live radio which is an animal in itself and then we have the pod as well yeah so it takes a team of people to do it man you know that's the thing I, i'm obviously doing the radio now as well on a friday mm. which yeah i find it so hard to juggle everything now it's fine. It's so oh, that, yeah. See, see, when you first start juggling everything, do you find it very difficult to sort of get set in your ways? Absolutely, absolutely. I'm the most disorganized fecker <laughs> in the planet. Honest to God, I am terrible, and I still don't know how I manage to come in here and record a podcast each week. You yeah. know, that just doesn't make sense to me. But somehow I manage it. You know, I hold myself to a very strict regime. Said right. On this date, I have to have that script done. I have to have these bullet points set for the next topic I'm talking about. Yeah, all of that. You have to be really strict with yourself. Yeah, yeah. that's thing because with, with 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 your podcast, it is very strict topical stuff. Whereas mine, I can just oh, yeah. jump on and talk to you as it is now. You know what I mean? I I couldn't Aye. actually imagine having to like write out topics and different bits and pieces for the person I'm talking to. Can be yeah, it can be tough. And the thing with our audience going back to hater mail is that they'll very quickly tell you if you're talking balls you know if you <laughs> yeah. if you don't know what you're talking about no. they'll very very quickly realize you have not notion what you're talking about mm. shut up you know <laughs> and they're very quick to tell you to shut up so it does take you to research every topic to make mm. sure you know what you're saying and that 
even if you think it's wrong, then you, you actually contact the person involved in the story and you ask them, you know, so there's like a bit of a journalistic yeah. aspect to it, which, uh, you know, you have to be very careful sometimes of what you say with uh, competitions specifically, uh, because like you say, you know, people can accuse some of the judges of shenanigans, mm-hmm. you know, oh, that judge didn't let that band win because he doesn't like that guy who plays in it and not. So rather than get into those murky waters, I kind of steer away from that, you know. Yeah. Well, see, it's, so, it's, nah. it's, it's a good thing about my podcast. Whereas if I say something out of turn or maybe a wee bit, you know, miscued or maybe mm. it might be pronounced as misinformation, I can always just yeah. turn around and say I'm joking. <laughs> uh, see, there you go. <laughs> I love that. Love yeah. that. Uh, maybe maybe I should rebrand as a, a comedy podcast now. And I should do that. I, it's, yeah. it, it does. It does baffle me that you've went so far with it being a one strict topic, you know, podcast, yeah. to be honest, it, it, that does baffle me. It's helped though. It yeah. has helped us uh, because we very much know our target demographic. Yeah. You know, we got a sponsor in who supply bagpipers, yeah. you know, it's, that's, it's in their interest to advertise with us because pipers will be listening to the show, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So it makes sense. And it's really helped as well. You know, we've done a few live events and stuff at Class. piping gigs and piping festivals. And it's really helped because we know our audience. We know what they like because we like it too. And yeah. that's kind of how we, we do it. Um, I know a couple of friends of mine actually started a wrestling podcast. Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm breaking out. F- really? Yeah, I'm breaking out into that with a f- famous comedian. Well, I wouldn't say, well, he is famous. He's done very well. And right. Belfast there. So I'm a break. I'm, I'm big, big wrestling nut. Nice. Well, I hope you guys have a better future than what this podcast is because they started out. <laughs> <laughs> they started out so passionate about it and really loved it and thought, oh man, we love wrestling. That's all we want to talk about, wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. Mm-hmm. And as soon as WrestleMania happened and it finished and then they talked about the aftermath and then it was like, well, well what next? Yeah. Right. Oh. And then they kind of found themselves hitting the wall and then kind of, well, do we really want to talk about wrestling every week? And then they started talking about movies, video games, comic books, and everything else other than what the podcast was set to do. Mm. And their title was something about, you know, wrestling fans or some something like that. Yeah. It had wrestling in the title. Mm-hmm. And then they started getting all this hitter mail saying, You all talked about the Matrix for three hours and didn't once mention <laughs> didn't once mention wrestling. What is this, bollocks? Yeah. So I, I think it didn't last after that. No. You know? Um yeah. is, is there any is there any of all the podcasts you listen to that you thoroughly enjoy? Other than my own, obviously. Uh, well, I, I was going to say yours, man. I know I keep kissing your arse here, but no, seriously, I have been enjoying your pod. Um, I Well, a good friend of mine, actually, uh, Joe Watson, has started a podcast there recently. He's been like 30 plus episodes. He's another fellow presenter on Fuse. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, obviously, I listen to all the usuals, you know, Shane Todd, Colin Gaddish, all yeah. those guys. You know, I love those. Um, but I, I do enjoy the odd bit of true crime every now and again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. One of my favorite ones is uh, Sword and Scale. Yes. Yep. Unbelievable. That, that's mental. Yeah. You know, I always listen to it and get the hell scared out of me, and then I have to listen to something <laughs> else. You know, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. It's um. It's weird though. Like, see, see, listen to serial killer podcasts and stuff. They, they don't scare mm. me. But like, if I watch a horror movie, that's that's something that's like not gonna fucking ever happen. I can't sleep at night. Ah, uh, right. No, I'm the, I'm the opposite. If yeah. I hear it in audio form, I think it's a bit more personal when it's right in your ear. Yeah. You know, you can't avoid it. You can't mm-hmm. sit with your hands yeah. over your eyes. <laughs> yeah. But no, there's a good number of piping podcasts out there I listen to a lot. Uh, there's one that you, you actually might enjoy uh, called Chanter Rant. Right. Okay. Uh, you might enjoy that. Yeah. Uh, right, right where there are two, two guys from Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. And throughout the show, they start at one point on drink number one. And by the time they get to the end of the show, they're trolled and the whole show's a disaster. And uh, <laughs> that's all they can do to hit the stop button yeah. and actually finish. It's hilarious. Mm-hmm. It's so good. And uh, they talk about everything else apart from bagpiping. I think last week they talked about uh, what, what, what was the sexiest accent or something. And they rated every country in the world Welsh. as to who they might want to buck if they had <laughs> a real sexy accent on them. Yeah. So good. Uh, yeah. And this is supposed to be a piping podcast. Like, like well... <laughs> See if she had a Scottish accent. Would you? Would you? Would you? No. Like, ah, Scottish doesn't do it for me. What about Australian? <laughs> oh, now you're talking. And I just start rubbing their trousers, and you can hear it like you're not. Oh, <laughs> come on. Yeah. <laughs> what am I listening to? If the, the webcam's so lifting off the table and all, you know. <laughs> yeah. 
they live stream it for Patreon subscribers, That's and it's mental. such a disaster. Yeah, because you can see your guy getting drunker and drunker mm. and swaying back and forth, and then he's kissing the microphone and all sorts. Ah, oh, deadly. Um, so Amer- good. Americans can't drink worth a fuck. Oh. No, 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 absolutely not. <laughs> no, they invited myself on and. I think another podcast from Scotland that also talked about piping and we all did like a big collective episode together. And the whole idea was we were to drink and get drunk and have a bit of crack talking about piping. Mm-hmm. Well, after about an hour and a half, the two American fellas, they kind of keeled over and it was me and the Scottish guys <laughs> sitting <laughs> chatting. What's the crack voice? Hey, we're just all drinking away. Mm-hmm. That's quite a lot of fun. That was yeah, good crack. Because I have American relatives that always come over. Like ever, ever, they haven't been in three years, obviously. But like they come mm. over and they're like, oh, my, my husband can't, you know, drink anymore. He's had four glasses of wine. And I just turn around and said, if, four gl- <laughs> I was like, if I had four glasses of wine, I'd be the designated driver. <laughs> 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 what are you on about? Oh, <laughs> uh, it's so true. Although, to be fair, I do know some American chaps over there who can really drink too. You know, That's they can right. match you pint for pint. But mm. yeah, class. It's, it's hit and miss, you know. Yeah, very. Yeah. <laughs> That is. Oh, I've, I've, I've a new episode in the podcast coming out that you'll like if you like true crimes or stuff. Um, mm-hmm. The guys from I Could Murder a podcast. If you've ever heard of them. Oh, yes. Yes. I have them on that. Oh, that, that. That was released last week there. So, what's that's your next episode? Yeah. There you go. So they delve into cases and go really into detail oh, about yeah. personalities yeah. and stuff. And yeah. I have heard a few episodes actually. So, nah, I'll have to get a listen to that mm-hmm. now. Mm. And then the next one after that is Those Conspiracy Guys. Big Gordo, oh, yeah. yeah. Some banging I episodes. I haven't actually out. listened to that one yeah. yet. No. They will dive into they different are. things. Like they're, they, 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 do, they do real solid deep dives, like six hour long podcasts. And like, for example, Princess oh, wow. Diana. Wild. Wild. Yeah. But, Some serious research for that. Big yeah. time. What I want to ask Dang. you though is, is what's, your, what's next for your podcast? What's, what, have you got any sort of things or Oof. ideas in mind that you, know, you want to? A uh, million dollar question. Yeah, we were booked to appear at the Pipe and Live Festival last year, mm-hmm. uh, but that didn't happen. Uh, yes. Obviously, thanks to the pandemic, uh, because we were going to be recording episode two hundred, and we were going to do it at the festival. Cool. Big live audience, people coming on and playing tunes, and it'll all be a big hooli, a big party. That didn't happen, so we ran various online things instead. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Obviously, just doesn't have the same buzz. So no. I think in future, we'd love to do another live event and raise a bit of money for charity and stuff and hit the stage, have a few musicians on, you know, play a few tunes and have a night of it, you know. I'll happily, but, uh, I'll happily join you and chat shake on stage. Like. <laughs> good man. Good man yourself. I, th- there's videos out there still of yeah. Rab Show Live. We've done a few of them. Uh, so they are out there. Um, embarrassingly so, because you can get to see me shaking in my shoes. I don't mind sitting behind a mic being dead quiet yeah. in this room on my own that's fine but throw me in front of an audience i don't know how you do it man seriously that must uh, take some courage okay yeah. see that's the thing like, it's, for me it's white line fever as soon as i go over that white line i'm good to go that's really fine but see, it's until my name's called that walk up to the stage i'm shaking like a leaf shaking i uh, like, i think even famously i think colin gaddis I seen him in the SSE Arena show, and he had this whole prequel video. Did you see the show yourself? Yes, no? I did. Yeah, yeah. And he did the whole thing where he was absolutely shiting his bags backstage and everything. <laughs> I, I thought, yeah, that that's pretty yep. much accurate, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, nerves, man. I I can't hack it. I just don't like being on stage. Do, but, do, you, uh, do you get nerves before you play? Uh, not so much, which is a bit weird. You know, I have played in some pretty big stages yeah. in my day, and. Uh, Stage fright never bothered me when I have a pair of sticks in my hand or a, an instrument of any kind. But no, when I'm standing there with a microphone, I have to say something. Yeah. Ooh, no, no, no. <laughs> I think it's that whole, you know, herd mentality when you're Aye. about to play, you know, because you're surrounded by folk, you know, you're you're all in it. You're all good to go. Like That's it. You're there with your bandmates. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But when you're there with a mic on your own. There's no hiding, like. Oh, there you know? isn't. There isn't. And if, if I'm up on stage doing a 10 minute set and, and the first opening joke doesn't work, mate, it's, oh, I'm there for nine no. minutes and I'm dying. Like, <laughs> I couldn't even imagine that, man. Yeah, it's, it's bad. It is so bad because everybody's eyes are on you. Like, and like my first, and, my, uh, my, my opening initial joke is about me being nervous. I say, like, <laughs> I'm nervous. I'm nervous as fuck. There's something dribbling down my leg and I hope it's sweat. And, <laughs> Perfect. That's a that's yeah. a good one. And that's the way I opened. 
on there last week. I did it, mm. and it just it, yeah no, it, it, yeah people were like oh uh, tumbleweeds yeah. all that. And I was that recent. They're like here if you think that's bad, you're in for a long nine minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh no i can think of nothing worse oh it's, it's bad like it's bad the fear the fear the fear well, well, but, uh, well yeah i think that that's the future really you know the piping scene we are hoping we're hoping on hope that it'll start to build back to what it used to be mm-hmm. where we can get back out there and start playing tunes with each other again yeah we're starting to see it in venues and clubs and bars and theaters even but uh, yeah, we just want to get out and start playing again. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping to do the same and start talking about it again. <laughs> <laughs> is, is there any more talk of a comeback? There is plenty of it. Yeah, we have dates in the calendar and stuff for competitions, both here and across the water in yeah. England and New Zealand, Australia, America. So they are being planned, yeah. but whether they'll actually happen or not remains to be seen. You know, yeah. well, we'll wrap this here up here in the next couple of minutes. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions that I always ask my folks at the, end, at the very end. Okay. What's the one good thing that's came out of the pandemic for you? The one good thing is that I've got a real appreciation for my family, which sounds really dead corny and everything, (laughs) but it does sound corny. Even hearing myself say that, you think I'll rob you a wanger. Shut up. (laughs) But no, seriously, though, I have honestly got a real appreciation for my wife and kids because Mm -hmm. before I never really would have spent a serious amount of time with them because I was always out at gigs, competitions, band practices. I was very rarely in the house. And, uh, you know, I would have called home, ate my dinner, straight back out again with a microphone on my arm, you know. Mm, Uh, So having to be forced to stay indoors with them for the first three or four months, I couldn't stand it. I'm like, come on, I'm trying to record a podcast here. Would you ever shut the hell up? (laughs) And then eventually I got myself a space where I can be quiet and all the rest. And yeah, spending time with the wife and kids seriously has been a bit of a blessing. You know, it's been good. And finally, any life advice for the listeners? Oh, I love what you do and do what you love, I suppose. Yeah. Love it. I know it sounds cheesy, but it is. Um, it's true because th- this Rab Show thing wouldn't have been going for as long as it has if I didn't love it. You know, mm. if I didn't like pipes and the music, then this would have been absolute torture. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, I'm so glad that I love what I do. You know, and I love the music, I love the people involved in it. It's such a great scene. And uh, I, it's, thank goodness I love it because if it didn't, it would be horrible. Mm-hmm. So that would be my life advice. Yeah, brilliant. That's fantastic. Well, thank you very much for coming on. I thoroughly enjoyed that. Not at all. Thank you for having me, man. It's been great. Yeah, yeah it's great to be a part of this. I'm yeah. sure we'll, we'll maybe do one for you someday or in the next, in the Sounds near future. Like a plan. We'll, we'll, we'll not make it bagpipe. Well, I'll try to do talk about bagpipes, but I'll just try and change sure. it to something comedy based. That's <laughs> like an yeah, well, sure, Why not? Why yeah, not? we could draw some sort of parallels there. You oh, know? big yeah. time. We'll, we'll try. I'll, I'll talk about Gordon Duncan <laughs> and just let Jesus just sit there and talk, chat away. <laughs> There you go. Excellent. Yeah, pretty much what I did here. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Well, this has been Smitty. That's been Big Rob. Win the morning, win the day, and good luck.